When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Tripe Supper, Gazette Borough's Middlesbrough Football Club podcast. What a load of tripe. Right, we are going to talk fullbacks for this week's Tripe Supper. By we, I mean Anthony Vickers to my right and Jonathan Taylor. I'm Dom Shaw. Hosting the pod as ever. Um, we're hanging it really on, on not just Cyrus Christie's last minute goal at, at uh, Fulham at the weekend. Obviously, we want to talk about that. But Fabio and George Friend in the battle for places at left back. Obviously, Fabio went off at Fulham. Gary Monk said afterwards that it was just a kick, nothing to worry about. Uh, and, you know, for the Brazilian, that's good news if it's nothing serious because he's made that left back spot his own in recent weeks, Vic. Uh, he has. Uh, I think uh, George has had a bit of a sticky start to the season, as he did last year. And uh, there was a, a couple of times he, he's been done, caught out of position. Fabio's come in and he, he's grabbed the shirt. Uh, Gary Monk seems to be of the mindset that once you're in and you're playing well, you keep it. So uh, George will come in this week, presumably, and uh, it's his chance to, to put that, the start of the season behind him and nail that, that place down. That's if Fabio's injury is serious. Like I say, Monk said it was just a kick. It could have been a, you know, it could, could very well have eased out after a day or two. John, what, what has Fabio done or what has Fabio offered that, that George Frem wasn't in the early stages? Um, I don't think it's a, a massive negative to George Friend. I think that Monk, it's no secret that he, he does like his fullbacks to have great mobility doesn't he? He, he the entire system relies on on Christie and another getting forward and breaking beyond the winger it's something we've seen you know all season and he probably I think sees Fabio as, as someone who, who can get up and down a little bit quicker than George I mean I think I think it's safe to say George hasn't really been match fit I don't think for a long time uh, and equally at the start of the season I mean it I, I bet he thinks that he wishes pre-season was a little bit longer um, I, I think that, that George could have done with another couple of games in pre-season to get right up to the top but I think fair play to Fabio I mean he doesn't have any obvious weaknesses I don't think in his game but I mean you could argue that perhaps a few times when Fabio has played you've seen opposition kind of hit long diagonals towards him but for me I, I think he there's been no real weaknesses and, and Vic's right I don't think he's done anything for a long time now to suggest that you know he's he, he doesn't deserve that left back spot at the, at the end of last season and, and the start of this season, Cyrus Christie comes in and, and you just presume, Vic, don't you, that Christie's coming in as, as um, competition for Fabio because George Friend, you know, we've, it's just become a, a thing, really, a, you know, a concrete that when Friend's fit, he plays, isn't it? Yeah. it? You couldn't really have predicted, even though Friend didn't have the season that he, he planned to have last year, we know that he was, all, he was almost playing catch-up for, you know, throughout the season and, and obviously he's so desperate to impress in his first Premier League season, almost maybe trying a little bit too hard 
to rush back fit and to, and to get back to his best. Not many will have predicted that Cyrus Christie was going to be so impressive in the early stages of the season, make that right-back spot his own, and, and, and Fabio had actually come in for friend on the other side. Yeah, it, it did seem at the back end of last season that Fabio was the right-back and George was the left-back. Uh, however, I, I don't think, uh, he, he re- during the course of last season, I, I don't think Fabio did enough to actually say he was a first-team fixture. Uh, he, he did switch between both both uh, full-back slots over the course of the season. Uh, but he, I, didn't, I didn't, don't think he nailed that down. So I, I think that position was in flux. In fact, right-back has been a, a problem position for several years now. now. I think it's been quite impressive the way Christie's come in. Uh, on his arrival, a lot of Borough fans shrugged. Uh, he, he wasn't a big big price ticket, he wasn't a big name but I, I think he's been brilliant in the way he, he's come in and he's just seized that position, uh, he's uh, strong in defence got great engines, he gets forward he links up with the midfield, he's put more crosses in than any other Borough player got the highest success ratio and you know he, he, he likes to cut in and beat a man, it, it looked to me like he would give really good balance to the team if George was fit and, and rare in the way he, he you know, we know he can be on top of his game. But I think Christie's been a revelation. I enjoy watching him, and I think the players enjoy playing with him. I think they trust him because he's good on the ball, uh, and he has an attacking instinct, which I think gives Borough an extra outlet. I want to talk about, I was just going to say, talk about Christie a bit more in, 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 in a bit. Just, just, just on friend, before we leave the kind of left-back thing alone, John. Um, how... I, how does, his, how does he approach this, this stage of the season, down in this stage of his career? Because certainly at Borough, this is really a, 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 you know, a problem that he's never had before, having to mm. force his way at the team, losing his spot. Since he's came in, we knew very little about him when he came in. Uh, kind of made that spot his own from the off, as, as you know, has become kind of an adopted T-sider, as, as we all know. Loves the area, loves his football, leaves absolutely nothing on the pitch. He's one of those players who you want to see do well, isn't he? You want yeah. to see him because he enjoys his football. Um, and, and I think, you know, as, as well as him buying in the area, a lot of fans have really bought into what he's about. So now, you know, he's looking at this and this is a completely different challenge for him. How, how does he approach it and how does he get his way back in the team? Well, he, he firstly has to wait for his chance, which may well come this week. But I think you're right. I mean, he, he liked Daniel Ayala, I think, in, in that certain last few years. They've never really had a challenge like this. And now it's about, yeah, kind of... It's inside yourself. You've got to look at yourself and, and have you got the the mentality to cope with it. And I do think that Borough getting relegated from the Premier League. You know, let's not forget George Friend's what twenty nine now. You know, so that his chance in the Premier League. You know, his prime condition would have been last season, and it just didn't work out for him. And in his head, I mean, in a season that you know perhaps he, he was never really match fit, he got brought back in and and shouldn't really been out there. And Borough went down, you know, with a whimper. I reckon it might have been quite difficult for George mentally to, to look back and reflect on the season that should have been his. I mean, let's not forget last summer he was being linked with the likes of West Brom, wasn't he? So I think it's, yeah, I, I think mentally this is a real challenge for him. Getting back to grips with the championship and accepting almost that he has to go again. And I equally, I mean, not jumping uh, to, to another player, but I think Ben Gibson is in a similar boat. Last season was his season and it very differently. Ben Gibson did excellently last season. But it's going to take time for those players that have been in the championship for so you know, many years to mentally come to terms with relegation and then get going again. I'm sure it'll happen in time, but we're only nine games in. I think George kind of, you know, a spell out of the team might not be the worst thing for George to start the season. 
because he has, uh, and we'll, we'll come on to this just now, because you spoke to James Lisbon this week, he has had competition in the past, hasn't he? And, and, and he's held it up. You know, when Fabio initially came in, you thought, well, he, he has played a lot of football at left back. Is, is, is George going to be under threat for the first real time here? But when he was fit, he played. Um, you, you spoke to, to James Lisbon this week. Did, did, what did he say about George and, and kind of the way he's around the place, around the training ground to play with, to deal with? Well, he's, it was straight strange, really, because, I mean, husband actually made his, his professional debut at the Riverside. Um, it was back in, remember, the 0-0 uh, game, um, third last game of the season, I think, was it back in 2012? Uh, and he played in the same Doncaster team as George Friend, so he's kind of, husband's almost followed Friend's career up to the northeast, and he said that he, what he, he, there's no kind of competition or selfishness on, on, in George Friend. Obviously, you know, husband at the time was... You know, struggling, wasn't getting into the team, and, and he said that friend was always one of the first people that would come up to him and would start geeing him up and say, "Come on, you know, hang on there, hanging in there, how is you know, asking about the family, this kind of thing." And I think that's testament to friend, isn't it, um, as a person? But it must be difficult. Every every player in their career must go through a time where they're thinking, "Where on earth am I going to break in this team?" And it, again, it is testament to friend that it, he's lasted up to twenty nine without having to have this. But I think that's what makes good players really good. Really good players is how they recover. And I mean, for Friend, this is a real battle now, isn't it? It's it's interesting because it reminds me of another player I was thinking about at the weekend. I was watching the Sheffield derby, which was a brilliant game on Sunday. And obviously, Jordan Rhodes came off the bench. And I remember talking to Jordan not long after he'd left Borough, and he was saying how um, you, when when you're not in the team and when when football isn't working out. For, for, for you as you plan it kind of impacts on your whole family because you're going home you're constantly thinking about it and he, he said it, you know, it's difficult for you what you've got to do is not just stay upbeat when you're around the training ground because you're around the lads who are in the team so you can't drag them down and then when you go home on a night you're with, you're with your family who, who really you know, they're, the, they're the escape from it all aren't they so it, it, it impacts on your whole life doesn't it when, when your football isn't going to plan me uh, I think so I mean uh, it, it depends whether the team is winning or losing if you're out of the team but they're winning, there's not a lot you can do about it because you know mentally you know you, you, everything's geared towards the team winning on a Saturday, so you'll feel part of that, uh, and you can't really have any complaints if there's someone in your position who's playing really well and the team's getting results. By definition, the manager has got it right. Uh, it might be a bit different if you're out of the team and they were losing because that's when resentments start to build up. That you that's when you start thinking, well, I could do better than X, or the manager has got this wrong. Uh, so I, I think there is a, a, a psychological balance to be struck there. I think most players probably go through it at various times in their career. I mean, it's interesting that you know, John points out that probably George hasn't, uh, but it, it is part of the dynamics of a squad. That's that's where you need other people around you who to put an arm around you and, and include you in the banter. Make sure you're actually one of the lads. Yeah. Uh, it's up to the manager to make sure that you know you, you're within the match day mix and you don't feel isolated because managers are all pragmatists I mean even if you're not in the team for a reason because he doesn't fancy you or he doesn't think your skill set's right you know you're only ever one injury and one suspension away from needing those players so that, so the man management aspect of, of players not in the team is really important yeah. no, if you look at I mean friend won't be alone as well you're right I mean if you look at the, some of the, the players that have been in that borough dressing room for a little while. I mean, George will be able to get advice off all of them. I mean, look at the captain, Grant Ledbetter. He spent much of the last 12 months struggling to get into the team through one reason or another. Stuart Downing, you mentioned, perfect example. You look Adam at people. For sure. For sure. Adam Clayton, even. I mean, there was a time when he 
his position was was looking under threat, wasn't it? So I think that he's not alone in that, and I'm sure we've all spoke, spoken to George and and Borough perform Borough winning. He'll be lo- he'll be loving that Borough are winning and, and looking good. Um, he's not someone that will bring the mood down or whatever, and I, and I think that he will come. There's, know, back there's, all, there's also an important element that uh, there are there are people who are important within the squad, even though they're not playing, because. You know, uh, a dressing room is a, a very delicate ecosystem, and it's a balance of personalities and and uh, uh, character. And I think George will be a leader within that group. Uh, you know, his mentality is important to keep everyone ticking over nicely, uh, not just on the match day and the results base, but over the course of the week. The dynamic of a week is really important. And that, you know, that's when you need you, you, you people who are the driving forces, irrespective of whether in the, in the team or not. There was a lot of said last year about the, the, the role of, of Grant Ledbetter. Even though he wasn't playing, you know, even though he was carrying an injury and he probably had no prospect of getting into the team, he was always the one, the one gene everyone up. He was always there on, on match days because everyone within the group recognised that he was important mentally and he provided some kind of emotional fuel for it. Uh, Cyrus Christie, obviously we talked about him earlier, who who, who hasn't had any problems uh, keeping his place so far this year. Stats sometimes are misleading, sometimes mean, mean absolutely nothing. But but just glancing at Christie's, just listening to them, are, are immediately impressive, I think. He's made 33 crosses already this season, created 10 chances, and has, has one assist to his name, now obviously one, one goal as well. Um, and he has a 79% pass accuracy, which, which is impressive when you consider he's made as many of, as 341 passes. Now, yeah. defenders are defenders, the first job's there to defend, and you know, it, the, how many times he'll be really, really put to the test in the Championship this season, kind of yet to, yet to know. I thought he was on Saturday, and, and, and the times he struggled to cope with Ryan Sessegnon, but he won't be the only right-back to do that this year. How, how good has he been so far, Joe? Well, I think um, if you ask Derby fans, um, if he played at Derby for a number of years, they, when, when he joined Borough, their main criticism of him was his defending. And I actually think his defending has been pretty good. I mean, I look at... Look, he had a really difficult afternoon against Preston, I thought. I mean, Tom Barkhausen got the better of him that day, but that's, that's kind of no real criticism of him. And then, as you say, Sessegnon, but I don't think that... I mean, Christie got a yellow card, which I don't think was a yellow card at Fulham, and, and then I don't think Lewis Baker in front of him no. helped him, especially. So I think overall, I mean, if you're, if you're grading him, I think his defending's right up there. I mean, his attacking is his main element of his game but I think his defending is not much behind I think he's looked like an all-rounder I mean it, tougher tests will come and you know if, if Borough get to the Premier League then that's when he will be really judged as a footballer on every kind of attribute but so far I, I don't think there's a, a clear weakness I certainly don't think his defending is, is terrible Ryan Fredericks was in the Fulham team on Saturday. He reminds me a bit of Fredericks. His style of play is he's an athlete. He, he, he can get up to speed really, really quickly. From a standing start, he's up to a sprint in, you know, in a split second. Is, is he the closest Borough have come to a real natural right-back since Fredericks? And we've, we've had the discussion on numerous occasions as to why Fredericks didn't really kick out of mm. Borough. Yeah, I, I think he's certainly the one that's, that's come in and looked comfortable there. You know, we've had people who've done a good job. I thought, I thought Emilio and Sui was, was a... A good, a good all rounder. He he got forward and put crosses in. He uh, perhaps a little bit shaky at times positionally at the back. Uh, I thought uh, Dania was looked the business for his first couple of games before he unfortunately got injured. Uh, Barragan, you know, it, it's fair to say he's had his critics while he was here. But for the first month, I thought he looked polished and accomplished. And 
he seems to be doing okay in, in the league, so he's obviously a good player. But if you don't settle into a team, if you don't settle into a system, and if uh, you're in a losing side and you're under pressure all the time, perhaps you don't see those good qualities so often. Uh, you pointed out that uh, Christie's had a, a couple of games where he's, he's faced a challenge. It's true, but those two games were probably the games where Borough's midfield was really clunky. Well, the interest and suddenly he's four, left four, exposed. Four, yeah, no, exactly. Four, 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 so maybe without that defensive element in front of him and when you're exposed it's asking different questions so you know you get a different impression of a player if they're constantly being given the runaround by a really speedy winger uh, you know that, that's up to a, that's when it, it's the manager's job then to relieve that pressure by changing the shape or changing the personnel or, or directing the passage of play into a different area so he has been put under the cosh once or twice uh, he, he's come through it. The Preston game, you know, a bit rocky, but that was a nil-nil, and we, and we now look on back on that and say, well, Preston are a decent side. You know, we got away with a point that day, and at Fulham came from behind to get a get a, a point in a stirring finish, and he got the goal. So he's come through those tests. I think the difference between Christie and a few of the right backs you mentioned there. I mean, I was I was a million and two's biggest fan. I always gave him one star. Well, I think I, second biggest fan. <laughs> second you know, biggest I was fan. the biggest fan. Um, he yeah, had three he was, stars before he kicked off every game for me. <laughs> he was one of Borough's most improved players. Of course, he was. But I think the difference between Christie and uh, someone like Nsui or, or many of the other, I think, fifteen right backs that played under Karanka. I mean, each of them, I think, is. Too often, Nsui got to the byline and just hoped that it would find the centre-forward, where I think Christie actually expects it to find the centre-forward. He looks, and, and this, equally the strikers expect to be found, and that's the difference. I think the, his, his delivery is excellent. You saw it at Wolves at 0-0 when Braithwaite should have scored. I mean, that... Out of nowhere, really, he had no right to get that ball in the box, and he did. And I think that that's something we've seen time and again. I think it's worth putting some context on those stats. I mean, a seventy-nine percent pass completion rate is pretty impressive. And if you looked through the top ten uh, in the championship, you know the best players are getting eighty-four, eighty-five percent. So he's not far short of being right up there with the, the top passes. And you mentioned ten chances. That's the that's the most in the club. You know, he's put the ball in the danger area more than any other player. So it's not just random stats. It's, it does actually measure the fact that he is uh, a very effective performer. Uh, I think his stats at the back are perfectly acceptable. He's not the best defender in the division. I think you'd probably accept that. But he is uh, a very... Uh, he's a specialist in that position and he's aware of where his weaknesses are. And he's, he thinks about what he's doing and, and doesn't leave himself exposed, which is a sign, that, sign of a good player. I think it's worth pointing out as well that um, he, he hasn't really been able to strike up a partnership with anyone in front of him just yet because Borough have, have played different systems. They've had a three, they've played a four, they've played a two and a three. Traore has been in and out. We've seen Downing play on the right. We've seen Bamford drift out there. So, so he's impressed without really being able to strike up a, a partnership. I, I wasn't at Bolton, so I didn't see... see um, Triori there obviously we, we didn't we didn't see him at Villa because he was sent off early doors have you seen signs that him and Triori could be a, a lethal little duo on that side oh, I think a couple of times what's impressed me is that Christie's speed in getting up to be alongside uh, Triori to take the ball off him with, with a neat little one too so yes I, I, I did, did see that I think there's a fledgling partnership there I think Triori trusts uh, Christie and he does, he does he's willing to give him the ball I think that 
It's certainly against the weak teams in this division. I think that will be enough to give them nightmares. I mean, Bolton, obviously, we expect to struggle. Uh, I do think that against some of the better teams in this division, that Monk will be a little bit uh, concerned defensively about that because, obviously, the entire Borough system hinges on Christie getting up. And I think against the better teams, you're probably going to have to have more, maybe a more conservative winger in front who can fill back in because we saw, what, obviously, what happened when you have a attack-minded midfielder in front of Christie at Fulham. But yeah, I mean, I think I think there's no reason in, in games where Borough have to unpick the lock that those two can't work together. With Christie uh, as effective as he has been, one player who has had to kind of sit out and, and, and the struggle to make it in the squad in most league games is Conor Roberts. Um, he played at Villa last week. Now, I, I don't think too many players who came in, Patrick Bamford aside, made a real strong case to stay in the team. Um, you knew really that Roberts wasn't going to stay and that Christie was, was going to come back in. But I thought he was really impressive. Yeah, I did. I, I, I was... I mean, obviously we hadn't really seen him other than flashes of 10 minutes here and 5 minutes there, little cameos. I thought he was a good, solid, polished performer. Uh, he looked confident on the ball, uh, some good, strong tackles going in, uh, and he was popping up in, in attacking areas as well. So I think that shows promise. And I'd like to see some more of him. On Roberts, I mean, we, we've spoke about players that haven't had to go through sitting out um, for, for a spell or kind of wait by the time to prove himself but he's certainly one that has and if you I remember um, I, I used to live down in Yeovil and he was on loan at Yeovil in uh, I think it might be 2013-14 um, and he arrived as a, a no marker teenager who you know was just going to fill in the numbers wasn't going to get anywhere near and, and he ended up winning every award at the end of season awards I mean so he's clearly got the character and, and the patience to do that but I think like Husband, I mean, Husband said that although he didn't play much at Borough, what he learned in of being part of the dressing room striving for promotion was far greater than, you know, he, he couldn't have learned any more off, off people like Grant and, and George. And I think Roberts will be like that, because I think even if he doesn't play a great deal this year, I don't think that his development will be hindered too much. I think what he could learn here, you know, being in and around the first team setup. Could set him up really nicely. Then. Whoever plays at fullback uh, on Tuesday night for Borough against Norwich is likely to come up against Yannick Wilshire, which which could be quite the experience given what you know what we what we saw of him at uh, at Borough. He's rather unpredictable. He was rather wild, and I mean that in a probably in a positive way. It'll be interesting to see how he's developed, whether he's um, kind of smoothed over those rough edges. Yeah, won't he, he was very raw when he came here. I mean, obviously uh, coming into a, a league where the so the games are so intense and relentless and there's so many of them it's a bit of a shock to the system to, to foreign players and a lot of them find it very hard to find their feet and you need a lot of game time to do it and he never got that uh, we did see him in flashes you know two or three games where he was absolutely devastating because of his pace and his delivery and then he'd be out of the scene for three weeks four weeks and then for, they'd have to settle for another little cameo so I never think I don't think we saw him as a, as a fully fledged player uh, he went to Wigan and was popular and did well. He went to Norwich. He seems to have taken his time to settle at Norwich, but this season he, he seems to be very much part of the, the, the setup. although he, he pops up in different positions every week. John, you spoke to him before the game. Is he looking forward to coming back? Yeah, he can't wait. He says, he says that his, his fondest Borough memory was um, he came under the light. I did ask him about obviously Borough's incredible record playing on evening games of the Championship. I think it was the Millwall home game back in, when was that, 2013? Last oh, time was that a Saturday night? 
Yeah, I think yeah, it was. Actually, yeah. kind of so that was the last really evening. Counts, does it? Yeah. Well, I'm counting it. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah um, he said that his, his memory of playing under the under the Riverside Lights was uh, that Brentford playoff game. He said that you know he, the hairs were on the back of his neck were sticking up, and he, so he, he said he can't wait. Um, he says there's no hard feelings, but equally he wants to prove a point, and I think rightly so because I don't think he did get a chance that year, especially. I think Ido uh, Karanka made his mind up on him from what you saw in training fairly quickly and as a result you, you played pretty much the rest of the second half of the year for the 23s um, I think that he showed glimpses he showed enough glimpses that there's a real player in there I, I remember watching one of the under 23 games I think it was right at Scunthorpe or something and sometimes you can tell when first team players come in the under 23s whether they have it or not and Yannick definitely had it he had all of the attributes and I know it's easy to look good perhaps at that level but not all the top players do do that um, I, I think technically he was very good he has, he has been in and out of the Norwich team this season but he also said that he he was the record signing wasn't he last season yeah. so he, he had to mentally cope with that kind of price tag and that, that the kind expectation of expectation exactly um, I think that Daniel Fark the Norwich manager had almost given up on him this summer he was expected to leave but I think that's credit to Yannick that he's, he's got his head down and actually now he's forced his way into the team you know there's a theme to this podcast of keeping the head down and, and waiting for your chance and he's certainly one that's done that he's, I've never spoken to him but he seems like a lovely bloke but I, I really do hope he does absolutely now to choose predictions before we wrap up um, I think it'd be tight but I think there's no reason why Borough shouldn't be looking at a win with a clean sheet definitely yeah but the Borough win to nil wonderful thank you fellas thanks a lot